0: This is Purple Radio on demand. This is the Purple Radio Arts Show. Welcome to the Arts Show. I'm Lim, and I'll be bringing you our first episode of Epiphany Tom. It is perhaps rather disappointing that, with the current COVID situation, we are still not able to resume many arts activities or even meet our friends or housemates but I'm hoping that the arts show can continue to provide some semblance of connection to the arts, despite our physical distance. Join us to find out more about how we can remain engaged with the arts, and hopefully you can discover something fun and fresh for yourself too. Today, we have a very exciting interview with Jennifer Baker, training Director of Car's Sunset Boulevard, followed by a short review of this musical by me and a poetry sharing also from me. On today's show, we have a very special guest with us. It's Jennifer Baker, Trainee Director at the Leicester Theatre Corp. So she worked on the current theatre production of Sunset Boulevard, which is available for streaming until this Sunday, the 17th of January. And Jennifer graduated from Durham, I think, two years ago and was my theatre mum in DST as well. So um, would you like to introduce yourself, like what you have done since
1: graduating from Durham? So once I left Durham I got a place on their MFA theatre directing course at Birkbeck which is where I'm still training for the moment. So I spent my first term with that um, working with the acting students of Bristol Vic Theatre School and I moved down to Bristol. Um, Once that was finished I moved over to London for a couple of months, or it was supposed to be a bit longer than that, um, to continue my training. As the pandemic hit I ended up moving back in with my parents um, for the first time. I moved out um to start my training in Leicester as the trainee director at Curve um in about October. Um I spent about three months there in Leicester and thanks to the new lockdown I am back at my parents' house again. Um and that's where we are at the moment. That's good. So that sounds really cool actually, although like it's kind of
0: like unfortunate that COVID nineteen has affected like your, your experience. So how was your role like on the Sunset Boulevard production?
1: So obviously stream theatre in this way is still quite new Um, and to my knowledge um, I mean there may have been others but to my knowledge so far we're the only production it was kind of started to hybridise film and live theatre in that way so it was kind of a new experience for all of us. Um, The most of the company had done the show previously in 2017. So it was kind of a reunion. And we would had 10 days in order to kind of put the whole production together and film it. So it was much quicker than most um rehearsal processes that I've been a part of so my responsibility because the show had been mounted before and a lot of that work had already been done um was more along filming so I was looking after the camera script working out where all of the cameras were pointing at each moment um kind of helping out and recording all of that and making sure that that was all going in the right direction at the right times.
0: Cool. Oh, like especially because like the cameras played such an important role in this production as well, that must be like quite exciting and very new as well. Because I saw like Sunset Boulevard, I watched it last night and it uses a really inventive combination of film and theatre. And you know the camera angles really play a very important part in in this theatre production. Um so it goes beyond just sort of live recorded theatre as what a lot of productions have been doing. So how has it been like sort of working on this production that's so different from traditional
1: theatre? I mean, for me personally, I find it really exciting and really inspiring. Um, quite often, I I mean, I've watched a lot of stream theatre over the last, I guess, year or so. And I'm not slating it at all. It's been fantastic that people have been able to offer so much work. But I think there's something that kind of separates you from a production when you're watching. Just like a sort of one camera set up in the audience. And as much as you get to see the show from the same viewpoint as you would if you were sitting there... you don't feel like you have the same kind of connection so what Nikolai Foster the director um, who is the artistic director of Curve as well was really trying to achieve with this production I think was forming some kind of connection and giving you something that you could benefit from um, by watching the show so it wasn't just a rubbish version of a live show it was something that you couldn't do um, if there was an audience in the building Um, so that was where the cameras kind of played such a different role and that you could see characters narrating to the camera we could blend different shots together we could visit parts of the theater that you just wouldn't be able to see if there was an audience in the building so it was something I think really unique that could only have been made in the pandemic it's not something that we could have done had we been open to audiences
0: yeah I think that's really cool I really I definitely felt like the vitality of like the theater production because I kind of Yeah it's like although it's sort of in a film format in the sense that I can only watch it from the screen but I really feel like this is theatre still like it still preserves something quite like magical about theatre and I think especially being able to see all the like um, parts of the theatre that you wouldn't normally see as like an audience member that was really really interesting as well. I was wondering what you think like the distinction between like theatre and film is and you know what makes theatre theatre when it's sort of filmed?
1: Um, I mean, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, because prior, probably prior to working on this production, I would have said that something that makes theatre, theatre is like, liveness. Um, and this production, whilst it was mostly recorded as a live audience, obviously, you can see there's a lot of editing, there's a lot of um, video design that's been laid over the top. Um, and also, it's been recorded once and then it's broadcast, it's not actually a live production. So, obviously, therefore, I can't really say that liveness is what makes it theatre. Um, I guess for me, I think it's something about connection. Um, So obviously I would normally feel if you're in a room full of people watching some theater, you're connected with the audience, you're connected with the performers. But I think with Sunset Boulevard, there's still this amazing kind of connection through the cameras, which I think is really difficult. Um, But Danny Mac, who plays Joe Gillis, is obviously a really experienced, really talented film actor. Um, And he has this amazing way of being able to kind of connect directly with you through the camera, which I think really makes it feel like theater. Um, I think there's kind of an acknowledgement of the artifice of it as well about it. Um, I'm not an expert in film, but mostly in my experience... Film is quite realistic you buy into it there's a beautiful set that looks accurate to whatever the style of the film is and for us that wasn't the case you can see that we're in an empty theater you can see like wires lying around Um, you can see technicians you can see people operating cameras there's no kind of hiding any of that i think that's part of it is that we're still acknowledging between audience and performers that we're a group of people we've come together to tell a story and we're all agreeing to kind of buy into this unspoken contract that we know it's not real but we're happy to listen to it anyway
0: yeah, definitely. So I'm wondering, because you've been um, working a lot on the cameras and everything, like, how do you find, um, like, how was the experience like working on this production as, like, a COVID-19 production compared to, like, past productions? So it's clearly your role is quite different. And I was wondering, like, how you found
1: it? I mean, obviously, the biggest difference really is that, first, we couldn't have an audience, which really makes a big difference, I think more to the actors than to anybody else that you're not feeling you're trying to fill a theatre that can see a 1000 or so people, you're playing to some small cameras, and everything feels very different, you don't get that kind of energy feedback. Um, we had to ensure the whole thing was social distance as well in, in, on and off screen. So there's been a lot of hand sanitizers, a lot of people sitting very far apart, regulations on who can use which staircases. Um, in terms of making a COVID production from my perspective, the biggest difference really for me was the fact that because it was a remount in a different way, um, a lot of the work had already been done. So in terms of um, the actors working um, with learning the show, getting to their characters, telling that story, all that work had been done was kind of being brought back up. And so what we had to achieve was how we can make it feel interesting and dynamic through the cameras. And a bit that was a big learning curve for me because part of that came down to um, watching the productions through a screen that had the seven different camera streams onto it rather than just watching what's on stage which I find very difficult I, my eyes are naturally drawn to what the people are actually doing um, and when it came down to the performances that we recorded we were sat in a booth at the back of the theatre with the kind of glass window covered up so all we could see was this screen that had the seven different camera feeds coming into it um, i found that really weird it was actually amazing because you realize how much more storytelling you can do or what a different form of storytelling it is that you can do when you're balancing um when you're restricting who people can see or you're directing your audience's attention in a different way you're kind of creating a picture much more because there's only one view of it whereas obviously if you're doing it live everybody in each seat is going to have a different view of what you've created
0: yeah it must be such a different experience. I think sort of like film theater, it kind of completely changes the way you work with space as well as a director. Um, what was, What would you say is like your favorite part of working on this production or like were there like the most
1: challenging parts of this? I mean, honestly, my favorite thing about it is being able to be back in a the theater. Obviously none of us have really been able to do that in a very long time. Um, so that was fantastic. Um, I was really lucky to have an amazing group of people to work with and learn from. Um, the director, Nikolai Foster, was absolutely visionary of creating it. We worked with a fantastic um, camera team called Crosscut Media, who absolutely created all this kind of magic with all these beautiful camera angles. Um, and I learned a lot about film as well, a lot of things that I'd never really considered before. Um, so that was all just really magical. In terms of challenging, I mean, obviously all of it was quite challenging because it's something that none of us nobody in that room had really done before um the experts in film had not really done creating film theater because no one had really done creating film theater like that before um so it was kind of trying to work out a new way of working and a new way of creating stuff within a 10 day period before we had to edit it and release it yeah
0: I think it's definitely something really new to me. I don't think I've seen anything like that before. And I think I saw a review that um, the production is like a game changer. And I think that's, that's really quite true in terms of like the whole form of it and how it's done. So do you think sort of, given how, like, COVID-19 is probably still, like, a major issue in, like, the coming months or so, at least, um, how do you think this would affect, like, theatre in the coming months? And do you think, even if we get back to, like, a normal, you know, whatever that means, like, do you think theatre would be different now because, like, we've sort of um, experimented with different forms?
1: I think it will be different in a lot of ways i think on the positives so many people have come up with so many innovative ways of doing stuff i mean some that i've watched um have been from uh, production called Adam Lenson Productions who have been doing amazing like live streamed theatre, so they're mixing it and creating it at the same time as it's being streamed to your laptop, which is incredible I'm hoping for all of this as well, theatre is going to become more accessible um, either for people who can't or don't want to go into theatre buildings, particularly people who live a long way away, people who would rather watch stuff in their living room um, so I'm hoping there could be some really exciting innovations in terms of that, maybe in terms of creating a kind of I guess a hybrid between live theatre and film where you can sit in the building and watch it but at the same time it's being streamed creatively um I guess maybe on a less enthusiastic side I think I'm concerned maybe as like a young freelancer that theatre is suddenly going to become less accessible to a lot of people due to the kind of decimation of the industry that we've seen over the last few months um I think, I think none of us want to see a world in which the only productions on cost 60, 70 quid a ticket and are basically just Ian McKellen doing another Shakespeare part or lots and lots of revivals. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that in a positive way this is going to bring through more innovation and I'm hoping it doesn't leave people falling back to old plays and old names just because they can bring in the money. Um, I'm hoping that we can look at this as kind of an artistic positive and not something that's just going to have to be financially managed.
0: Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Is there any kind of like production that
1: you you personally
0: would like to work on in the future? I
1: mean, I think, but often for me, it's a, it's a matter of kind of seeing what shows up and how you can find something in that. I think I've been very inspired by Sunset Boulevard and I'd love to have the opportunity to work on more kind of, hybrid film theatre like that it's not something I'd had any experience of before but I think it's so creative and I think there are plenty of shows out there that really lend themselves to working with the camera and working out what you can achieve creatively that contributes to the way that you're telling your story that actually makes itself integral in that production so that's something I would love to explore more in the future
0: yeah that sounds really really exciting I think that's sort of all the questions I've had for you but do you have anything else you'd like to share or like, do you, have any upcom- do you have any upcoming like projects or anything that you'd like to promote? Uh, so
1: ne- the next thing I'm working on is a co-production between Curve and De Montfort University. And we're putting on um, a production of Blood Wedding that hopefully is gonna happen in May. Um, obviously everything's kind of COVID dependent. So I guess as it's the same with everybody, we're not just making one plan of how we're gonna get there, but about five or six different plans in case we can't rehearse in person or in case we're not allowed into the building or in case we have to do it all on Zoom. Um, so that's my next project at the moment. I'm, I'm signed to be a volunteer storyteller with a company called Masterclass, which is open to anybody. So if anyone listening is interested, you can Google Masterclass Storyteller. I think it will come up under, which is, um, reading stories for kids, obviously who aren't in school at the moment, whose parents won't have time to read to them like they would get in school. Um... And I'm working on a project with Curve as well called Curve Classroom, in which we are posting videos every day from lots of different freelancers and practitioners um, that are offered to anybody who wants to watch them, but aimed at um, school children age 11 to 14, um, which is covering all sorts of things such as songwriting, acting, singing, backstage careers in theatre. Um, I'm working with another DSTLm Georgie Proctor, and we're creating some animation videos exploring poetry from the GCSE curriculum. Um, so all of that is also available
0: online. Wow, all of that sounds really, actually, really, really exciting. And it's quite nice seeing how you have, like, such a diverse range of, like, projects that you're working on and also, like, how perhaps, like, being online and everything, they're, like, more accessible to people. Yeah, so, yeah, it'd be great if, like, listeners can, like, go and catch Sunset Boulevard. It's until 17th, until yeah, sorry, 17th January, Sunday, and um, it's available online on Curve's website, um yeah thank you so much for joining me for this interview it's been like actually really really nice like hearing about what you've been up to
1: oh thank you so much for having me i think i guess if i had any last advice for anyone listening it's that try and push yourself outside of your comfort zone obviously not a lot traditionally it's happening in theaters at the moment but if you look around there's plenty of stuff to get yourself involved with and to work on I've done a few online projects this year learning how to like edit video which is not something I'd ever tried before um I started writing this year because it was kind of the only thing I was able to access um there's a lot of creative stuff out there you just have to learn some new skills and push yourself out of the box a little bit so keep working and keep making
0: stuff Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's quite important to think about because so from like a live theatre perspective, there's nothing much that can go on now, but in a way it does sort of give you other opportunities if you look at it from a different perspective. And it's really nice seeing how like it's still possible to to attempt different things.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice to chat. (laughs)
0: So I watched Curve's Sunset Boulevard online yesterday night and I thought i will offer a short review of this brilliant production. Sunset Boulevard is a musical about a faded film star from the silent screen era, Norma Desmond, who lives in the past in her huge and vacant mansion on the famous street in LA. The young screenwriter Joe Gillis meets her by chance and she tries to make her return to the big screen with his help. I've seen amazing reviews of this production even before watching it including from Douglas Mayo of British Theatre, who called this production a game-changer. And I very much agree that the production has created something truly innovative in combining the forms of theatre and film, and in using theatre space in such an inventive way. The team raised the walls between Curve's studio and theatre spaces, with seats on all four sides of the stage. So the production uses the main stage, the main house circle seats, the studio seats, stage wings, the lighting and fly platforms, as well as an enormous lighting rig at the centre of the stage. Unlike many COVID online performances that I've watched, which stream theatre as recorded versions of live performances, Sunset Boulevard utilised the entire theatre space and its empty auditorium as its set. The filming also made use of many different camera angles and close-up shots, which was quite fitting for the theme of characters pursuing careers in Hollywood, because we experienced these characters through the lens of film. And the facial expressions and bodily gestures are also clearly directed for the camera. The camera angles open up many different perspectives and possibilities for what theatre can do, allowing access to spaces that the audience normally cannot see. For example, placing lighting equipment, camera men, the orchestra, and the backstage platforms within full view. In a way, I thought it was kind of an extended showcase of theatre space beyond what we are used to seeing as the stage. And this made me think of the relationship between performers audiences and the creative team very differently because what is traditionally visible or not visible has changed. For instance, you normally see the audience but now you don't and you normally don't see the creative team but now you do and you see the performance in spaces that, where you would not normally see them. And this being a musical about characters working in the film industry it seemed to make a lot more sense that the audience is shown how these images are constructed and how the people make up the production. It turns out that the backdrop of theatre seats and the use of theatre lighting create some very aesthetic scenes, where the glamour of cinema is very well conveyed by rich colour schemes and striking makeup which you can see very clearly because we are now able to see close-up shots. And it was interesting to me that Norma's physical expression as a film star from an old era reminds me of very melodramatic, opera-like gestures. And I felt like her power to convey emotion in silent films is in a way sort of rooted in theatrical tradition. So the intersection between film and theatre and the styles of acting was interesting for me to think about. And there was also a significant amount of overlaying of filmed actors and backdrops over the theatre show. Um, But this was used really well. It wasn't overused such that the film elements overshadowed the theatre set and the theatre actors, but it was used with restraint and it really highlighted the scenes that they were trying to highlight with a very moving effect. The emptiness of the theatre also really conveys the forgotten and faded glory of Norma, and this coincides with the emptiness of theatres in COVID-19 times. There's this emptiness that really resonated with me, and I'm sure many people who miss live performance will also resonate with this. But somehow it has been possible for the production team to capture the liveness and the magic of theatre, even in a film performance, And it really made me think about the new possibilities for the arts that we can dream of even when faced with very challenging working conditions. While I mainly focus on the unique format and um, the directorial vision that Sunset Boulevard had in this review, the acting, costumes, sound, everything, they are all wonderfully and well catered for a high-quality theatre streaming experience. And it definitely set a new standard for online theatre for me and made me reconsider the potential for the arts in pandemic times. So I highly recommend catching this production before the run closes and it closes really soon, this Sunday, 17th of January. You can get tickets on Curve's website. Next, I'll be playing you a song. It's Dynasty by Rina Sawayama. That was Dynasty by Rina Sawayama, a song about intergenerational family pain and trauma. Very relatable content there. And I'll be sharing some poetry that I've written myself, which may or may not relate to this theme. And we are looking to showcase creative content on our Purple Radio Arts platform, whether it's monologues, skits, poetry, or any form of creative writing, really. And as usual... While waiting for people to contribute, I'll be the first to share some of my own writing. But feel free to DM me on Instagram at purpleradioarts if you would like to record something for us or if you have written anything you'd like to share with us. So um, the poem I'm sharing was something I wrote at a workshop about feminist poetry and it was held by Deborah Emanuel and this was organised by Singlet Station, which is an organisation that promotes Singaporean literature. And it was all online, it was on Zoom. So here I go. Writing Underwater Today I woke up, and everything looked like death. I would drown like a pretty frock submerged in a painting. In the river, stained like sacred glass, I would be an old cathedral. Pockets lined with centuries of water and dislocated breath. After all, I was told Ophelia is also dead. Another day, another Electra, plus Daddy dead. They say women are like water, but they don't know how porous my borders are, how I am a culture with no nation, earth with no name, a girl who has no mother, but an inheritance of guilt and shame. I have learned that repetition is the name of the game. Cycle after cycle, I play and pray that today I may stop speaking a subtext. If I am silenced, I must knock myself unconscious. My teacher gendered my achievement into limitation, second in level, one mark defined, second sex to men. I cannot love my mother, for my mother could not love me. When it came to our hysterics, my father said, like mother, like daughter. And I was almost surprised I wasn't locked in one of your attics. I am negation, not man, not weak, not mad, but call me a woman. I don't know if I can say I am. I have watched them personify everything on TV, donkeys to carrots to Christmas puddings, represent anything to sell family. Womanhood consumed in anti-aging creams, but only after 11pm can you find a solo woman show. Babes with stockings torn open for Santa, quick chick, slow blow. My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola spilt on the screen, bubbling and birthing bling bling cha-ching. less bottle drunk empty by your three-minute dreams, lips screwed tight as the live stream begins. For most days I am a blank, found between the lines and the whites of your eyes. Today I woke up and everything looked like death, for I have drowned again and again in the margins of my own history. So this poem, I think was quite personal to me in the sense that um, it dealt with a lot of sort of like my mental states that I've been through and also the way I relate to my family and how I think about my gender identity I don't know it's about a lot of things at once and I'm not really sure why I chose to um, explore such a wide range of themes but I kind of just wrote it in one sitting it was about like an hour and like it just all came out and all tangled together Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, the second poem I'm sharing and also the last poem I'm sharing is um, I I thought of sharing this because I wrote this quite a a long time ago, like about a year ago, and sort of interviewing um, people about theatre and stuff, it kind of makes me miss doing theatre as well. And And this was a poem that I wrote after observing a viewpoint's Improvisation session. So viewpoints is like a method of actor training or a method of like improvisation. And I had sort of observed a session of a viewpoints jam in Singapore in Nine Years Theatre, uh, with a bunch of actors. So I watched them, and afterwards I decided to write this poem. Sort of it was based on like imagery that I'd seen um from them. And it's kind of abstract, I kind of don't have, have no idea what's going on, and that's just sort of me in 2020. And it's quite fitting that I wrote this at the start of 2020. And I guess this is how I'm starting this year as well. So here we go. A post-viewpoint's observation construct. The raindrops were like fingers cycling, calling through pauses and walls, the bodies curling and uncurling, waiting for something to drop. It was a clockwork, melting, ribbon spiralling and splintering, arms sweeping, legs sweeping, room to a beat, as you tried to grow a dead fish. An ancient stream carrying the current, the king sat scissoring the cannon and fugue, the players jammed in rectangular repetition. Hello 2020, hello friends old and new, this is how I move. What if I woke up and found myself in a cabaret? Peeking through masks and mist, we see shoulders, temporality lining up as we swing around the pillar pointing to bellies of mystery, trying to wake the space, the new age. But edges are shifting, dots will lift the corners and collapse time and space. What is that sound? I have boundaries. Someone needs to give these aunties a day off. I have boundaries. We beckon the sky and collapse in laughter, lost in a postmodern world, where the audience tries to organise the nature of creation with their own writing. Okay, so that's my poem. Um yeah, I don't I didn't really know how to read it to be honest, like in terms of the rhythm and everything. Um, but I really look forward to seeing more people showcase their creative work on purple radio and whether it's like I said, whether it's work that you you've written yourself or whether you want to perform like monologues from that are written that are already written. Um yeah, it's all great and I'd love to see more of that. So do get in contact with me. Um and check out our Instagram, Purple Radio Arts, which also has um, some opportunities for getting involved with our arts team, which I've posted recently. So um, go and have a look at our Instagram post. And if there's anything, do send me a message on Instagram. Thank you. Um. Well, we've come to the end of the arts show this week, and it's been lovely starting the time with you guys. And I hope you have a great time ahead, and I hope you all find something fun to do this week bye purple radio podcasts
1: thanks for downloading this purple radio podcast for more great content and to listen live head to purpleradio.co.uk